0: Hi, this is Elliot Fishman and welcome to the October 2017 CTSS quiz. We have 10 terrific cases for you as we enter the fall and uh, let's see how you did. This first case is interesting. When you look at the images on the axial and coronal, you see something high density in the antrum. Now, of course, you can say, how do I know this is not food? How do I know it's not some retained foreign matter? But I'll tell you when you had the arterial and venous phase imaging, it changed density. Um, H. pylori can cause inflammation, but this is very high-density and focal. It could be a carcinoma with bleeding in the carcinoma. Again, retained foreign matter theoretically is a possibility. This was a bleeding GI ulcer. Uh, It was secondary. uh, It was a benign ulcer again from the CT appearance. You don't see a mass, but theoretically you can have a small malignant ulcer. But This is a beautiful example of the use of CT detecting an ulcer in a patient who had uh, low hematocrit and abdominal pain so just a very nice example. In this case I'm asking a patient with abdominal distension what's the best diagnosis and I'm showing you a volume rendering, coronal view, and a cinematic rendering. And when you look at both of these images there's a soft tissue mass at the ileocecal valve level beautifully shown causing obstruction. Now what could this be? Well, theoretically, it could be a tumor or it's gonna be a tumor. But theoretically, it could be lymphoma because it crosses from the large bowel into ilium or ilium into large bowel. So lymphoma would be a very good choice. And in a patient with Crohn's, I would have considered lymphoma or adenocarcinoma. Could it be Crohn's alone? You see stricturing, but not mass. If this was a Crohn's patient with a mass, you would have said it's a carcinoma. Could it just be adhesions? No, because there's mass effect and lymphoma is a really good thought. Um, If you you put down lymphoma, I give you full credit because I thought honestly this was gonna be lymphoma. This ended up being a secal cancer which invaded and obstructed the ilium. Beautiful, beautiful example. In this case, I asked for the least likely diagnosis. Well, when you look at the axial and coronals, you see a two-sonometer vascular lesion And the question is, where is it? If you said this was a neuroendocrine tumor of the pancreas involving the duodenum, I would say I agree. But you know, perhaps sometimes it's hard to tell whether we're dealing with a primary duodenal tumor pushing out, and so carcinoid and gist tumors both occur in this location, and both are very vascular. So this could be a carcinoid, it could be a duodenal gist, it could be a pancreatic neuroendocrine tumor. What this is not is an adenocarcinoma adenocarcinomas are always hypovascular, so that's the least likely diagnosis, just a wonderful case. This is a great case in a patient with flank pain, beautiful example of a large mass, upper pole of kidney, but you see this mass has a lot of fat, This is an angiomyelipoma. What's important in this case to note is there are large vessels. So this is the patient who will get resection or embolization because this is surely gonna bleed and a few months later it actually bled. Uh, People say angiomyelipomas over 5 cm, you prophylactically resect. And also with very large vessels, you either embolize or resect. So this is not an abscess, it's not a cyst, it's not a carcinoma it's a renal angiomyelipoma, just a beautiful example. In this case, when you look at the images, the first thing you try to figure out is where is this arising? Now, if you said this was the kidney on the images I had, I guess it could be the upper pole of the kidney. And if you said tail of the pancreas, I guess it could be. And if you said retroperitoneum, I would surely say yes. And if you said adrenal, I would surely say yes. But At the end of the day, when you look at the epicenter, the kidney is not really displaced. The little bit you see of the left kidney, it's obviously not an abscess. You could see metastatic renal cell to the adrenal and give big masses, which are often vascular. But usually it's bilateral, not unilateral, and the patient has no history, as far as you know, of renal cell carcinoma. And we don't see a renal cell carcinoma, and we don't see a nephrectomy. We see parts of both kidneys. The best answer here is a primary adrenal carcinoma. They average 10 centimeters in size when they're not functioning. When they're functioning, they average 3 to 4 centimeters. And Cushing's is the most common uh, pathology. That is, if the patient has a functioning tumor, the clinical presentation is Cushing's. Great case, most likely diagnosed in a 50 year old right upper quadrant pain. Well, the question is where is it coming from? Is this a liver mass and then it's a large cyst or even a biliary cyst adenoma? Is it a pancreatic pseudocyst? Is it a serous cyst adenoma? Is it a giant lymphoepithelial cyst? Well, when you look, the pancreas is compressed, but it's probably not coming from the pancreas. It still can be a lymphoepithelial cyst because those are very exophytic. This was a very unusual case. If you looked at all the images, you can see a cystic, you can see thin septations. This to our surprise was a lymphangioma. Lymphangiomas can be very large. They can occur in the retroperitoneum. They can occur peripancreatic. It's uncommon, but just a terrific example. At the end of the day, anything this large is coming out. This patient had chest pain eating steak, so what's the best diagnosis? Well, when you look at the vessels and the consideration was a dissection, the vessels look okay, but I also told you the patient ate steak. So I don't see an obvious aneurysm or dissection, but again, I'm not showing you much of the aorta. I don't see a PE, but I'm not showing you much of the pulmonary arteries. The question is the esophagus. Well, you see this funny appearance, the upper esophagus is dilated with food, and then there's something filling in the esophagus. If this was achalasia, the esophagus could be bigger, usually would be bigger, but this funny appearance, and the fact I told you steak, this is a patient who ate too big a piece of steak, it obstructed the esophagus, the patient had chest pain, this patient had endoscopy, and the steak was removed. By the way, you can tell from the low density, the steak was rare. That's a joke, right? Okay. This patient has hematuria and what's the best diagnosis? The key is what are you seeing here? You're seeing very vascular lesions in the anterior wall of the bladder, posterior wall of the bladder and the prostate. What gives you prostate and bladder with such vascular lesions? Bladder cancers alone can be vascular as can prostate but not this vascular. You can have metastatic neuroendocrine tumor, metastatic renal cell, that's rare but possible. The more likely diagnosis of paragangliomas. We've showed you several cases in the past year or so of paragangliomas in the bladder, which is one of the uh, common uh, extra adrenal locations of these tumors, but I've never seen one in both prostate and bladder. Just an absolutely terrific, terrific case. This patient had a chest tube placement, became hypotensive. We scanned the patient. What's the cause? Well, when you look at the liver, you see blood between the stomach and the liver. When you look at the spleen, there's blood around the spleen. And when you look at the axials and then the MIP, you see what is an active bleed in the spleen. So this is not a contusion. It's not simply a left hemothorax, and it's not a gastric perf. It's an active splenic bleed. The spleen was traumatized at time of the chest tube placement. That's one of the complications. Splenic injury due to medical complications, chest tube placement, biopsy, colonoscopy can occur. And remember, patients who have active bleeding, those are the ones who typically will end up with splenectomies. Just a beautiful example in this case. this case, a 45-year-old female, abdominal pain. This is tail of the pancreas, cystic lesion. Again, could this be spleen, could this be kidney? When you look at the coronals, you know it's pancreas. Well, it could be a pseudocyst, but the patient had no history of pancreatitis. Could be a mucinous cystic neoplasm. Those tend to be more body, but that's a good thought. Serous cyst adenoma is a possibility, though usually they're more head, often with calcification, but that's another possibility. And what about a spend tumor? Solid and papillary epithelial tumor is more common in females, which this patient is, but usually it's teenagers or young 20s. This patient's kind of old. This patient, because of the size of a lesion, had it resected. This was a spend tumor. This makes the point that spend tumors have a lot of variable appearances. It's something you need to speak about and think about. We often see spend with calcification, But this case makes the point that you don't always need to have calcification. Anyway, those were 10 terrific cases. I hope you got them right. But more importantly, I hope you learned something from the cases. And go back to CTSS. Keep learning. Come to our Facebook Live. Come to our lectures. Come to our CT courses. The next meeting is in October, 21 to 24 in Las Vegas. And hope to see you then. And with that, have a great day.